Shut up, I love it. Me? I'm not a love witch. I'm a shut up I love witch. This is shut up I love it. And I am warlock Joe Cabello. And I am a good witch, Sasha Filer. And this is shut up I love it, a podcast when we invite a special returning guest and a dear friend. We'll, we'll tell you who it is. To talk about something underrated, underappreciated, forgotten, misunderstood, you tell us. Joining us today, she's an actress, producer, director, clown. Everybody go watch her amazing one-woman show called Tree. I'm a big fan. Next show is on February 24th of 2022. Welcome, Natasha Mercado. Yeah, thank you. I'm also a, a witch. Really? You're a woo-woo-her, a witcher, all of that. Oh, yeah, I'm a woo-woo witch. Yeah, woo-woo witch. And do we do we qualify, like, good or bad, or we just don't? I've been saying, John and I, the last couple of days have been like, there is no good mm-hmm. nor bad. It just is. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, very Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's just so many uh, facets of life. Yes, that you exactly. can't like hold on to one opinion, really. You have to look at everything. Yeah. Although, would we say the wicked witch? She was wicked, <laughs> and wicked really, is maybe yeah. more bad, right? So. Yeah, wicked has other connotations or other associations with it, right? Well, like, if you're holding a skateboard and you're the wicked witch, you might just be really cool. Uh huh. And do like mm-hmm. flips and stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're I holding, never thought of it that way, but yeah. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I think about that too much. <laughs> yeah, or if you're just British, right? They just can call you wicked for no good reason. Mm-hmm. 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 Wicky. What are we here to talk about, <laughs> Natasha? We're here to talk about the Love Witch, oh. directed by Anna Biller. 2016 cinema masterpiece. Yes, yeah. I'm so glad to hear you say it. Yeah, I'd say so for many reasons, but. Wow, just coming right out with it, well, Sasha. Well, we'll see. There's no, there's no, there's no guarantee of a, you know, high rating. It's, but it's like I would say <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's for sure. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Natasha, would you tell our audience what is this movie and why is this a shut up? I love it. Material. This movie is uh, an immediate feminist cult classic. Upon seeing it, it's very nostalgic. It's very aesthetically. Uh, yeah, masterful of just like shows the craft of Anna Biller and from the costumes to the lighting design to like just everything about it, the characters, it is so much fun. And I haven't felt this way about a movie in so long. I remember seeing people like posting about it and being like, oh, this is going to be good. And then I never heard anything about it afterwards. Well, because they were busy figuring out that Trump is president. Oh, my God. Bad year for feminists. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, the world as we knew it was, like, collapsing. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't even think of that. And it's certainly far from a mainstream movie for many reasons. So I I didn't... Did you end up watching it? Oh, we always watch the movies for the podcast. Just so the audience knows, we (laughs) are very with it. We will watch it. Yeah, we do, and... We're about to find out if we had seen it before 
us watching it for this recording. Joe, have you seen Love the Love Witch? I absolutely have. I watched it a couple years ago. I've been a fan of Annabella oh. since. I think yeah. she knows her Spoilers. stuff. I follow her on Twitter. She knows her stuff as far as uh, filmmaking, as far as films. I think I couldn't have a conversation with her about movies <laughs> because she knows more than I do and uh, thus has opinions that I couldn't even begin to crack the ice yeah. off, you know? Uh, so I have a huge amount of respect for her as a director. I've seen her movie, her previous film, Viva, as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll talk about that at all. Uh, Natasha, have you seen Viva? I immediately watched it after, after yeah, watching Love right? Witch. Yeah. You would want to. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I really uh, like loved this movie when it first when I first saw it. I thought it was so insane because I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know when it was from. Right. Oh. So. How I just you put it Were you like then? blindfolded into it? Yeah. Well, yeah, these men kidnapped me. They were uh, Don Feminist. Jr. and uh, <laughs> the other son. Uh, but uh, no, uh, my fiance, who was not my fiance at the time, uh, that's important. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, she put it on. She's like, oh, we should watch this. I was like, okay. Um, so I knew nothing about it. I didn't even like see the whatever the VOD description and year or anything so for the first five ten minutes i thought this was like a movie from 1964 or something yes and then i saw a bmw in it and then i went okay like a brand new bmw i was like okay never mind something's happening here um so yes i am familiar with it what about you sasha I saw it because my good friend natasha mercado who is <laughs> our guest told me to watch it and i did so days ago or <laughs> no, it was, was this a, years ago that this like happened? a month ago, oh, okay. a month and a half. Yeah, and I uh, did not go to see Viva right away because you know it was, it's interesting that you both were like, oh, of course I went to see Viva. I had not seen Viva, so I'm curious to hear what you think of that movie. But uh, I started watching The Love Witch, and also I think did not know what era it is until, and th- what happens with me then I look it up. So I looked it up, realized what's happening. And then the moment we started getting into some black magic stuff, I said, well, I have to offer this to my husband to watch, who mm, thinks he's mm-hmm. all expert in shit on black <laughs> magic. Not in the practical way, but as we know, here in Shut Up, I Love It, like the connoisseur of black magic. Of anything. He's of really the connoisseur of anything. <laughs> he's a, he, he's a, keeps, keeps his uh, interests... Uh, he shares eclectic. them. He eclectic and he shares them all the time because we force him to. Um, so, yeah, I watched it then with him. And so it was interesting because he had some perspective because of his knowledge of the subject a little more. And his Very connections, cool. that he, cinematic connections that he made this with. Like he drew parallels with some films that I was like, oh, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. We'll get to it. Very good. And so, Natasha, did you say when you first... Uh, saw oh. it, was it two, th- 2016? No, I just saw it like a month ago. Oh, cool. And then I immediately texted Sasha about it, actually. I was like, you got to watch this. Because I was telling you to watch Brand New Cherry Flavor. And you were yeah. like, well, I watched something like similar in some way. And it, Well, it happened. I was on set and I was talking to um, like the assistant DP or something. And she was like, I, I want to make... 
I want to make movies like The Love Witch. Mm. And it just like sparked kind of this like memory in me of like, what? The Love Witch? Witch? I like witchy stuff. Right. She's like, you got to see it. And thankfully, I had nothing to do that night. So I watched it immediately, you know. And then I went on like a YouTube binge of all her interviews and stuff. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I'm in the room with、yeah. two super fans, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. You can't watch that, that movie or Viva and not. Be like, I need to know what the hell this person's thinking because it's、True. so specific and so well done. Yes. What is、exactly. Viva like? Can you t- tell me? Viva was her first one that she made, obviously, before The Love Witch. And、um, she describes The Love Witch in her interviews as autobiographical.、Uh, and But Viva, she actually plays the protagonist woman,、mm-hmm. like the main woman.、Mm-hmm. And she has like the same makeup and stuff. But and same acting style, too. Yes. And for, I don't know if you heard this, too, if you can confirm, but she starred in Viva because she simply couldn't get an actress who would do it and could do it.、Uh, I, I haven't seen that in the interviews. So that's what I heard. And if, if、mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. Until I watched the movie, because I、yes. had heard that before. And then upon watching it, I'm like, I can understand. There's a lot of nudity, there's a lot of sex in it. And、uh, it's also very specific, just direction. Like, how can、mm. you explain to someone really the kitsch of it?、Um, I remember her talking about the main actress in The Love Witch, though, saying that it took a while for them to get on the same page as to like, what she wanted. But once the actress like, understood, The vision, she just like clicked into it right away because she wasn't, she was just like naturally. A- Anna Biller just kept talking about how naturally like sexy and、um, magnetic she was, which like really sold it. Yeah, I think they, she said they worked together for a year on the、mm-hmm. acting style. I believe it because any aspect of the film you take, and if you look it up just on Wikipedia, it says that like this scene took two years for Anna Biller to like. Buy the set and build the set. Oh, totally、yes. believable. <laughs> so believable. Yeah. And it took like three more years to get the rest of you know, research done and spend time with some actual people who do black magic and witches and all that and then incorporate that into the script. Like, I believe, I believe all of that. Like, it's definitely she put everything she had in, into this film. Yeah. And I love. Like hearing how she, her parents were artists, and so she like just grew up having to make everything. And so she like made all the costumes. She just did all of it herself. And I think that's so inspiring and badass. And it shows just the level of love and detail oriented all the props are, and every aspect of the movie is. Yeah,、so、no one gets that lucky to have the rooms that are in there, the way they're painted. Everything about that, like those don't exist, and that is、yeah. like a huge amount of set work.、Uh, and it, I appreciate it so much because it,、mm-hmm. it the, that is the movie, it would be、mm-hmm. so much less without that,、mm-hmm. without that look. So, really gr- incredible. It's like a little box of chocolates for your eyes. Well, for my、mm-hmm. eyes and for my brain, the whole time I'm like, ooh, that looks good. That looks good. How about that、ooh. one? Yeah, what's inside yeah. this? Yeah,、mm-hmm. let's try it. Like, should we even look it up? No, let's just eat it. Yeah. It's a lot of, about this movie is the form, like the style. 
yeah, that old school feel while also, you know, at the same time, like you were saying, Joe, then you see a BMW in the background and you're like reminded of, <laughs> oh, this is in the press. Mm-hmm. No, I love that there was never been trying to not exactly. have that. Well, they didn't have the budget right. to. Right, but also they just and embraced it. I think that it. adds to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It like feels like a dream in mm-hmm. that way where it's like everything was different, but we were still in the present. You yeah, know. and Viva's different in that way in that it's very specifically in the 70s and mm-hmm. feels like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this one, it feels more like the the contemporary answer to Viva. Because Viva yes. is about a 70s housewife who, uh, during like the sexual revolution, mm. uh, kind of finds and loses her footing. And it very much feels like it's a response to like the whole like, oh, free love and everything, and, like, oh, that actually wasn't the case for women. Like, it's not this fantasy. There were still power dynamics that they were just doing lip service to, saying, oh, we're all free, we're all in this together, but no, there was still men were controlling this whole also, situation. Also, Viva and Love Witch made me feel completely differently. Like, oh, yeah, when I Love them. Witch is, like, the, yeah. hey... Viva was how it was, and this is the world we're going to build, mm. almost in a way, uh, even though the Love Witch character is, you know, evil. But <laughs> there's there's a certain, like, that evil is justified in in history and justified with the way these men are acting. So it definitely feels like it's uh, almost specifically contemporary compared to how Viva was. Yeah, yeah. The movies that it reminded me most of was definitely like Hitchcock movies, like Birds, like the opening. Well, the shot in 35 millimeter and printed on 35. So it has that look. But then also there's a lot of like a lot of direct light that doesn't, mm-hmm. is not justified. It's not justified source of lighting. So it's just to light everything up. And it has that feel of those old movies, like glamour, kind of, I don't know, like flat look, but very bright. Yeah, what I liked, you know, from watching all the damn interviews that I watched is that everyone, you know, tries to be like, oh, your movie's like this or your movie, it is like this. And she, you know, pretty consistently is like, no, my movie is like the, oh my gosh, now I don't want to mess it up because she's so specific about it. But she's, help me, Joe. It's the, the Italian well, movies she's way too, that don't. She's way smarter than, yeah. than me, like to where... <laughs> I don't. I even hate talking about the movie because anywhere <laughs> that I talk about it, she knows better the references, mm. and other film like film historians would know yes. better what she is achieving. So. I want to say she did say she was a fan of Hitchcock, so that's like right on the money. Mm-hmm. But there, she was saying it is most similar to the Italian movies that didn't have the budgets. Mm. Like that is how she does the lighting and and that's like where she's inspired with the colors and all of that. Well, the, whether she admits to it or not, mm-hmm. there's the director called Kenneth Anger. I saw his movie Lucifer Rising and Lucifer Rising is just basically like a series of vignettes. It's a film that's several magic quote unquote spots ceremonies movements rituals with experimental film editing like in terms of the tone of a lot of it and the look the style it's for sure there's a parallel you know it's like we don't sometimes sometimes the filmmaker or artist doesn't know exactly what they take it from because it's all part of collective 
mind and collective resource. But it's definitely that because there's just like just a crazy witch stuff, like magic, you know, talking to Egyptian gods, Lucifer rising. I can't remember from, I think from Egyptian gods grave. Um, So there's definitely some crazy ass references to that period of 60s and 70s going on. Yeah, definitely. It feels very refreshing with those brand new BMWs in the background. (laughs) Because it's done so well. Like I watch a lot of horror movies and there's something that's happened with horror movies, I'd say in the last like 10, 15 years, where a lot of them are people like me who love 70s and 80s horror and then try to copy that or be that. But they don't. It, it really doesn't feel right. It feels like it's kind of a parody mm-hmm. more so than an entry. Yeah. And uh, that's what this do- she does so well is it doesn't feel like a parody. It just feels like a straight entry in that style yeah. uh, versus being like, hey, let's make a movie like a 50s movie, a 60s movie. And, being, and then your Definitely. acting is just kind of like it's more comedic than than real even though you could laugh at a lot of the line readings in the movie but it fits much better yeah but the earnesty is what like sets it apart mm-hmm. it's never like being like look how smart i am now because i'm in the future like no it, it really respects that style i would be curious to hear from her what is her process because it feels like this kind of film it was written from how you know like started maybe with a character or a scene and then it grew into this larger script that then felt like the right style would be appropriate for this film as opposed to sitting and being like i'm gonna write a feminist movie that's gonna look exactly like 1960s hitchcock like that sounds to me like would not be as successful as starting something organically and making it happen. No, I think she just lives and breathes this way of creating. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like whatever story she has to tell is going to be told in this kind of medium. Like if we see it as like the 70s, like kitschy medium, that's just it. Like if someone were to make a a drawing with like a pencil versus charcoal, like that's just what she uses. Yeah, it feels like that, especially seeing Viva, which just, it looks like a lower budget version Mm -hmm. of what she achieves with the Love Witch. Uh, Same, same look. But it's still beautiful. It's still beautiful. It's insanely gorgeous. Yeah, Yeah. you could just see some of the the lower budget edges to it, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think. And it's not really a knock on it, it's just more in comparison to it. But yeah, I think this is just ingrained in how she wants to make movies. Um, but I also would completely trust her to, if there, she was coming out with a movie that, you know, looked nothing like this and was shot in a contemporary style, I would trust that that is coming from the right place, that she's going to nail it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think this is just like, she sees movie in her head and it's these pastel colors, this flat I'd be lighting. curious to know if the DP is the same of Viva. But the DP, I guess, I was told by another DP, my husband, that the DP (laughs) who shot The Love Witch is known for, like, always getting very, like, nerdy and technical and, like, inspired by something very specific from 
like years gone by and like times like, you don't see that stuff anymore which which you know you can also say about the movies like the lighthouse and and you know like the tragedy of macbeth for sure that director too like he he does something that we hadn't seen in like a hundred years but it has to do, I feel like, with the DP a lot, too, because if that's the kind of DP that would technically, like, pursue some specific look, then I think, like, there's the collaboration there, although I believe that everything is, goes through her, like, big time. Like, it's It definitely does. Yeah, I, I think, Joe, if you've seen these two, sorry, I keep going to you, Joe, like, back me up, back me up. Because you saw Viva, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know she didn't get along that well, or there were some bumps in the road with um the crew on viva Mm. because she was acting in it and directing hard yes and so she wasn't necessarily that happy with how she came out like looking in the Mm. movie and i there's like an interview and maybe her opinion has changed since then where she thought that the movie didn't work as well because it was her acting in it and like she wanted someone who was more um like quote unquote, like, uh, like the sexy look to actually portray right. that character. I imagine Viva with Samantha Robinson, the main uh, actress in that, and I could see that being uh, even an improved movie because Annabella certainly she plays in Viva very sexy and whatnot. But just knowing how hard that is to do to act, direct, set design as well, set dress. I'm sure she was doing a lot of. Uh, you lose something. Well, she said there would be some shots that, like, she would still be in makeup. And they would have to continue shooting without her. It's like, you know, and that would piss her off because it wouldn't come out how she wanted. It wasn't, like, aligned with her vision necessarily, which makes complete sense, you know? It it couldn't be if she wasn't there to, like, tell people what she wanted. Yeah, but you do what you do to get the movie made, which... Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, how do you feel with that because I, uh, the sex appeal and the female gaze of it, part aspects of both movies, and especially The Love Witch? Because uh, I feel like that was yeah. a big reason why she acted in it because it was just like she couldn't get the performance. And if you can get the performance, maybe you can't get an actress who wants to be, you know, uh, trigger warning like sexual assault on screen and doesn't yes. want to be a part of that. So uh, what's your relationship to, with those aspects of the film? Okay, I don't know. Because this kind of, sorry, Sasha, that it's like Love Witch versus Viva. But they really left me feeling so freaking differently afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. Love Witch, I was like, oh, my God, this is a fucking anthem. Viva, I felt, I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily come out of the gate being like, oh, I loved it. I felt like, what? Whoa. Because she gets, trigger warning, she gets raped like mm-hmm. five times mm-hmm. in Viva. And it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, like you couldn't get an actress necessarily to come in blindly mm-hmm. and be like, be a part of my movie where you get sexually assaulted for like, you know, th- three or four minutes on screen. Yeah, and five nothing's times. played. You're not acting real. You're acting yeah. like the stilted way and whatnot. It's just like yes. I could see a lot of uh, actors. It's a hard sell. Yeah, it's, it's very hard sell. Being like, oh, am I doing like some kind of weird porn? That's mm. not saying it's just a porn. Yeah. Yeah, because it's incredibly female gazy. There's so much nudity, yes. so much uh, 
but the end of Viva is what brought it together for me mm-hmm. as like a female gaze, where it's like the two best friends being like, "Yep, yeah, we went through all the shit and we're okay." Where like Love Witch, it always came from this empowered place for mm-hmm. me, at least. Um, yeah, it's there's a no total one eighty. Yeah. How the the sexuality is empowering versus really degrading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had I hadn't heard the term like the narcissistic female gaze until I started reading like stuff about the love witch and it makes so much sense. It's like, yeah, like I definitely felt that as a woman like watching the love witch being like I love watching a beautiful woman like do all these like uh, magical bad things to people and there is some kind of itch that's being scratched with that that feels very feminine. I think a lot of times we use word porn to describe, I don't know, food porn, uh, puppy pictures porn, all that stuff, you know, like to kind of signify how like, I don't know what, you can't take your eyes off it, right? And it just takes you Yeah, or like storm. indulging in yeah. like this kind of like mm. vice. Yeah. To, to me, what she's doing in some way is a version of what porn made by women for women it's like the opposite of it almost, but uh, but it is a thing of like right, like porn made for women by women, where there's a lot more foreplay and there's lighting is beautiful and there's just a lot of more storytelling involved. That is so true. And so to <laughs> me, this is done like this thriller, sex thriller uh, with I guess some magical elements is definitely done by women for women. We respond to it in the same way she's sexy. It's also like, yes, she dances really well. (laughs) She got moves. And uh, we rejoice in her switching gender roles. And uh, spoiler alert, we don't want to give away too much, but hurting a bunch of men. Let's just put it this way, right? Because we want people to watch this film, so we're not going to, like, tell the whole plot. But men are being hurt in this film. Yes. (laughs) Men are pathetic in this film. It, yeah. This movie doesn't say anything that's not untrue about men and oh really makes us look like the babies that we are. I also love Anna saying in, I think, a couple different interviews being like, I don't expect men to get anything from my movies. I'm like, oh, what confidence. Mm-hmm. I just want to walk through the world with that kind of, you know, chip on my shoulder. Of like, yeah, I don't care if you don't get anything from it. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is my thing. Yeah, and it's the perspective, you know, of Mm -hmm. that gaze. Like, we think about the movies of the 80s of uh, a woman coming out of the pool, and the perspective is these teenage boys Mm -hmm. watching her. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who was it? Um, Phoebe Cates. Yeah. uh, Walking out of the pool, topless, Mm -hmm. or in the red bikini. And this, the perspective is completely shifted. It's, It's her. She's in control of this moment versus being spied on which so much of i bet you could probably count the the nudity in movies female nudity and such a large chunk of it is them being spied on versus them willingly taking off their clothes i love also how she talks about making movies from the female perspective oh it was just so validating here making movies from the female perspective doesn't mean just like casting a woman in a role or like you know remaking ghostbusters and just making it all women you know that's not necessarily it has to be about issues that specifically affect like women or like 
female people, mm-hmm. you know? And and men aren't necessarily going to get that right off the bat. You know, they might have to, like, ask the girlfriend, wait, does that actually happen? And she'll probably be like, yes, that fucking happens. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari is being made, like, every year, you know, a version of that. But it's like, <laughs> this is our Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do have yes. a question to both of you. What do you think about her whole thing? Again, without just giving away too much plot, which I don't think we have been. What is what is the deal in all this like feminist backdrop or even just as a main theme feminism? What is the deal with her looking for lo- for love? Like, what does that really mean? I will also say in an interview, I keep saying that because I don't know if she actually thinks it now. So I want to like give her agency over her own opinion, but. She did say at least once, like, I wouldn't call my movies feminist. Well, I would say it is definitely a feminist film, yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sorry, what did you, what was Yeah, the what does it mean then for this feminist character to look for love, right? Because that just keeps coming up, how she's looking for love. And for me, just without this film, just Sasha in, out in the world, I think it's the most feminist thing is for women to not be looking for love, to be mm-hmm. just totally fine, like, or like if love happens, it, instead of making it the guiding light that at least I was trained as part of my upbringing, it was like a, a must for a woman to eventually become a good wife and good mother is to like be driven by this obsession with love. And so to yes. me, seeing this obsession with love by the protagonist of a fem- feminist film on the screen, that felt like it was a di- in dissonance with <laughs> that. What did you make of it, of her looking for love? I thought of the attachment styles the most, mm. instead of like a universal parable to like women in general. It, it t- so much so that I really, I think they said somewhere like narcissist about the guy, like they at least dropped that once or they said like borderline personality or something. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And I think I read something as well that confirmed like, oh yeah, you could see that, that the, the mm, maybe that's too plotty. No, I, I mean, say it. Go okay. watch, turn this off and go watch the movie. You Come back in 30 <laughs> seconds. Come back. come back in 30 seconds if you don't want to know the reveal. The f- yeah, the final guy right Mm -hmm. is this narcissist archetype who doesn't give her the doting love and like is so cold to her and that's finally the man that she wants because it feeds like her own like borderline personality stuff Mm -hmm. and so it's like this perfect storm of attachment styles where she she never wanted to feel like she was enough she wanted to feel like she was always chasing this person who is just perpetually unavailable and to me it sat more like as parody or almost as you know this elicited this like buffon reaction in me where it's like yeah people do that so much they don't want a guy who is going to do it on them they want someone who they like can can fill the void with for like a second if they can like keep chasing because the chase is more fun than the actual love receiving mm-hmm. which yeah so i don't I thought that was more of the lesson of, like, that's what you don't want to do. And also, like, to the love witch herself, it's, it's like, food, right? It's, like, blood for vampire is love, right? Like, that's how she stays alive in some way. With this chase of, like, doing these things and keeping yourself beautiful. It's, 
it's not telling people how to actually act. It's like showing mm-hmm. them through her doing all the bad things. Like, do you actually want to act that way? Right, because she's a villain. She's yes. an anti-hero. Without yeah. giving too much away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe, any thoughts on... The- well, I have a couple issues with what you said. I don't think a woman searching for love is inherently anti-feminist. I think just saying whatever there's one direction that women should go to is anti-feminist i think if a woman wants love is the most important thing as a woman i'd be i'd be the judge of that (laughs) uh, women can be anti-feminist as well but i think it's perfectly fine if a woman wants to oh i want to get married and i want to find love that's I don't think there's to say that there's something wrong with that, but but that's not what I said. Screwing it up because I said in my upbringing, it was the guiding light of what I should be following is to have romantic love and to always be looking for romantic love. And I think for her, it is an obsession of until you start like looking at what Natasha was saying. It's like it's almost like a lesson of not to what not to be, or if you start looking at it, it's like that's the blood that feeds the vampire is that love and that chase. But if you put it up upon a regular person, a regular woman or female persuasion in the world and make it say that like all they have to care about and just the most important thing is to find love. To me, that based on my upbringing, it feels not feminist. Oh, that's that. Well, that's the single track thing that I'm talking about. too. I think either way, I think that's wrong of saying it's either not finding love or finding love is you know there's no right way whatever you want to do just do so that's kind of just the only issue i took with that the other thing is with the movie i think a movie could be still be feminist while having a character who's acting in a non-feminist way because that's the point it's what's the point of the movie not the character the character is a is a conveyance to make a point i think this character is flawed in their thinking this character does think that they are being, I don't know, uh, completely open and free in a way in, in what she's doing, but actually she's not. She's still a bit mind warped into thinking, oh, I should be finding love. I have to find this. It looks like it should look this way and not any other way. So I think a movie just in general still can have a character who's totally fucking up their version of feminism while the movie itself lands on a feminist theme and message. But then the whole like like mindfuck of that is that the artist themselves is like saying oh it's not, it, it, my movie isn't feminist. When it, it feels so overtly feminist. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It can it, it gets taken away from the artist and then it becomes what it is, right? So... Mm-hmm. But also, I think an artist, and I, I feel like I belong to this type of artist, doesn't want to be sometimes <laughs> judged for delivering like a message. Like, I don't want to be telling message. I don't want to be telling propaganda, even if it's the propaganda, the best one. Like, I don't want to be teaching morals. This is not what I set out to do when I write anything. Like, themes come up because I'm writing it. And then I'm like, oh, yes, I do believe in that but it comes from character and story. So if somebody wants to like, for example, I feel like if anybody who tries to make a movie like The Love Witch, like they're gonna suck. Like if it's not Annabella herself, because 
because we are and in the context that we live in like there's so much stuff that women are going through and we just respond to it like in this context and we also see the feminist message which i guess it was always feminist message like it's in the dna of it but it's it's not something you set out to do like i, I like i'm curious i'm really curious about her process if she's like i need to make a feminist movie or is it like you're saying it just becomes that because it's about women and their issues and so mm-hmm. for for many artists, I feel like they don't want to be boxed into somebody who's just like having has a megaphone and telling the world how to live, even if it's the right thing that they're saying. Well, you yeah. saw it with like Jordan Peele, how everyone sees Get Out. They're like, oh, it's this race allegory. And it's like, yeah, I, I guess it is. But Jordan Peele's like, well, I just wanted to make a scary movie. And then yeah. Us comes out and everyone's like, oh, this is about race. And he's like, it's just, it's just a scary movie, everybody. And, you know, you do want to... You do want to separate. Hot take. Get Out is great. Us could not watch it. Oh, Love Get Out. One like of the it. best films ever. Yeah. But yeah, no, I can totally see that. Yeah. And I think those are the best movies is when they just have a message in them because like just fucking director like or writer made this made this happen because that's what that's like the air they breathe, you know, and that's just what comes from their heart. But it's not, it's not, because there's lesser movies out there where they try to be something. And then it just doesn't have the same impact because it's very one-sided. Even if it's true, we just don't want to be spoon-fed a message. Even if that message is right, then we just go watching the certain news, you know, whichever way you go, left or right. So, I mean, I think like she, because she spent so much time to me on this film and she like embraced and filtered herself through every aspect of this film from design like stage design to i don't know cinematography to everything it's it just has it just has like organic feeling to it and then like yeah feminists are gonna call it feminist but it's also it's like a fun movie to watch yes oh yeah it's just straight fun i think also it's like more of a uh, critique on relationships like unhealthy relationships period to the way it falls on both sides uh, yeah, kind of critiques I, both men and women. And I love her saying that this is about her own life. It's like based on her own life. And so, you know, your own narrative that you build around your life experiences and like how you see yourself either like getting harmed by others or inflicting harm onto them. It's like that is just a very interesting thing to try to untangle but that you know no one could actually understand what it means aside from anna biller herself yeah and it's interesting to also think how other characters may have like especially female characters in this film like what are they which i think is really just two characters other female characters right Mm -hmm. besides the love witch it's the trish right is it trish who oh gosh well again without giving her too much plot but she is not reflective of any feminist right like i mean it's it's important to remember the other females in this film and how they're presented and she is definitely going she's doing something completely different in this world she is more of um conformist to this world run by man i'd say and then there's also another way wait trish is the guy's the guy's wife yeah that's funny that you say that because I thought she was more of like the the archetypal like feminist. 
Like, mm. if, if someone's like, oh, yeah, they're a feminist, they're like, I shouldn't cook for my husband. Why would I cook for my husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of get that, too. It's like sh- her character shows the folly of that side yeah. of it, while uh, Samantha Robinson's character shows the folly of she- the other side of it. Of being like, you should, you have to do these things for your husband. You have to bend to them. You have to be soft and beautiful and and dainty. And she's like, I don't think that's true. You know, that conversation. And she loses because of it. Yeah, when (laughs) she hits the fan, when she hits the fan, she is um, at a loss. Like, she doesn't have the skills to deal with what she's facing. Yeah. And she feels almost, like, deflated in all her great things that she was saying yeah. to the love witch like she has nothing she has no tools to deal with what's happening and so until she does and then she doesn't yeah we can't give away too much about this film we don't no, we we want to say something no. there is like a there is a message that keeps going on through the film which is like hey women men do need these things but you should not give yourself entirely to them you use these you use sex as a way to empower yourself against the men. And it is a really interesting perspective because it isn't that whole, I shouldn't cook and clean for my husband. It's like, oh, there is like some sort of game you're playing by cooking for your husband or dressing up sexy for him. It's not so you could be his plaything and his object, but it's so that you can get what you want because men are so stupid that they need to be fooled. As a woman who doesn't cook at all or clean... <laughs> I am so far away from that message. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then there's the bartenders too, mm-hmm, the women who are. then you know take us out of this like mm-hmm. argument and are like, who cares? They're mm-hmm. weird. Like that is yeah, like the witches are all weird. And- yeah, they, they they're so weird, and they like they continue cleaning mm-hmm. the table. It's like yeah, exactly. This conversation, you know, there is never going to be either side of the spectrum is just like wrong and kind of not practical to real life in any way. Mm-hmm. it's like we can keep like talking about this and being like oh no you have to be you have to be a cutie patootie and like but this and that and play the game and blah 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 it's like no whatever just yeah. live your fucking life because you do see these theories not work on men specifically like all the men that she the the love witch goes after you know it doesn't necessarily that isn't a foolproof plan these men crumble or they're they're shitty or they're weak and then for the uh, the Trish character, her plan doesn't work. Her f- husband strays. So it's like these. There is no one ideology that will a hundred percent like work for you as a woman. That's why I go back to the attachment style thing. That's why I thought that was so interesting. You know, because it it doesn't work. It works until they genuinely fall in love. Right. And so then like always working towards this person that will never love you back is so fascinating. Like that's the only time that this strategy can actually like keep a relationship going. But even that ends not well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not to give away more than we have. But what does end well? Uh, You know. Yeah. I definitely want to see Viva after talking to you all. Um Joe, would you tell us, would you tell us how ratings work? These how ratings work. We are going to rate the Love Witch on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as the comparison. And that something else can be another movie or it can be literally anything else to serve your point. Mm-hmm. 
Could be chocolate chip cookies. Could be a Playboy magazine. Whatever Mm. you would like. And if that doesn't make sense, then we will go first. Um, So, let's see. Wait, go first. (laughs) Yeah, no, we will go first. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. I think the the easy one would be to rate this against Viva. I want to hear that, yes. Oh. So... Why don't, why don't I do that? Because I'm going first. <laughs> very similar in look. Very similar in acting style. But uh, like Natasha said, they do leave you feeling completely different. They are mm-hmm. on the different sides of, uh, of the coin there. So uh, Viva, I, I'm going to rate it high because it is uh, incredible filmmaking. To have a film look like that is just you and and to know that she wrote, acted, and directed in it and production designed it. That's sorry folks, you're not gonna make Viva. I hate to break it to you, but you're not that person. You're probably mm. not that person. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but if you're listening to it. Try, but that's a lot of skill sets going into one. Shit. Uh, I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. I do think it's um, a little out there. It's a little unpleasant at times. And it's uh, the the female gaze aspect of it is more tinted with some ugliness behind it. You know, we did mention there's uh, rape in it and uh, sexual assault. So that's, you know, that's making a point to me. And it's that makes that st- the breasts and the asses not sexy (laughs) the love witch i think is more of a movie that anybody could enjoy versus viva so i'm gonna give the love witch a 10 out of 10 Mm. i think it's a great movie it's up there as far as like movies you need to see for contemporary directors and to see what they're doing and uh it's still out there but i think you can at least enjoy the uh, the the breasts and the butts and the legs in this movie a little more guilt-free, which I will say, I love that. So if I can get that done by a a female director who's in capable hands, then I feel much more guiltless than if I was watching Phoebe Cates walk out of a pool naked as a bunch of boys spied on her. So 10 out of 10, it's such a good movie. It's a masterwork Period. Probably one of the best movies to come out of the 2010s. Period. There you go. Big praise Dang. from Joe. Middle name Cabea. Don't know your middle <laughs> name. What is it? It's Lee. Joe Lee Cabea. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna save that one for every time. We'll do ratings. Please don't. Um, I am going <laughs> to compare this film against another film that I think is considered to be like feminist, maybe. Maybe not like aggressively feminist in the sense of like not like oh it's feminist movie but like people see this feminist film Carol from 2015, Kate Blanchett, oh and gosh. and Rooney Mara who I love. Carol could not sit through it; had to turn it off. It was not a good film. If you saw Carol, you know what I mean. It's uh, supposed to be exciting love affair between two women. Who, um, one of them is repressed housewife. It was nothing what I wanted this movie to be. Hmm. So I had expectations. Expectations were not mad. Carol would be a two. I mean, I couldn't watch it. That's bad. Mm. It's bad. 
Um, Love Witch. There's a lot of style. This movie, I always was, the whole time, the whole ride, I was curious to see what happens next. But at some point, I started to understand that, like, maybe it would stay almost on the same level. There's, like, to me, there's no escalation in this film. Like, there's just a... In terms of storytelling, I was not hooked as much. I really enjoyed the performance, the style, but I felt like it was cumulative events that were like reflective of what just happened before. And I wasn't sure about the ending, like what what have I like where have I arrived with this ending? And I did not feel satisfied completely with the story. So I'd give uh The Love Witch a seven point five. <gasps> Not bad. Understandable. I think that's where it's lacking the most is, say, is in the story side but of it. I'm happy it exists, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend people see it. Mm-hmm. It makes us all better people and um, better filmmakers, writers, actors to be familiar with this film. And maybe rewatch again. I think it's a great rewatch, too. I mm-hmm. bet. I bet it is. Natasha, most importantly, what about you? Okay. I think I'm going to do Viva... Yeah, as well. Take Viva. Viva. Oh my gosh. Viva was so hard for me to watch. It took me like, I think it took me four and a half hours to finally get through it because I kept pausing mm. and like doing other things or like. <laughs> too much, right? I, yes. Too, yeah. I do that sometimes yeah. with movies when it's too much. Like, I just, yeah. And yeah. I kept like texting people and being like, oh my God, I'm watching this movie. It's so hard to finish. <laughs> It was wild, and I, I was, like, ripping out my hair, like, I, I need to finish this movie. I need to. I loved Love Witch. When, what's going to happen? Mm. And when John finally came back that night, I, I was, like, so Exhausted. spent. I was like, yeah. you won't believe what I just did. I watched Viva. Um, so for that, you know, I was going to rate it a 7, you know, because for me, yeah, because that was pretty low, you know. It almost on the verge of five five two seven mm. yeah maybe like a six then mm. i would re-watch it right the scales included like would i do it i would want to re-watch it with people but yeah. it's like it couldn't be just anyone it had to be people that get it john you know john would hate it oh. there's no way yeah you don't want you don't want p i don't know about john i've never uh hung out with him at length but you don't want somebody who's like what is this <laughs> Why are they acting like that? You know, it's a great impression of John. <laughs> so sorry, John. Yeah. yeah, no, no way. Yeah, I wouldn't want some. I would want someone to like strap in with me to the ride and be like, "Okay, we're gonna do this together. We have each other's backs. We know Caitlin? like the other person. Maybe we don't know someone who's not gonna be like Rudy. you're weird for liking this. Rudy, yes. Rudy, absolutely. <laughs> dog Rudy. Yeah, yeah dog Rudy. Rudy. For all My the people who don't know Rudy. Rudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe a six, honestly, if I'm being for real, real and love, which is 10. Mm-hmm. Duh. It's a shut up. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a 10. It's a 10 because I think it is so, yeah, exactly building off of what both of you are saying. It's so inspirational to see what we can accomplish with film today. It wasn't made in the seventies. It's not like that's gone. Like what you can do if you love a genre if you love like making things you can it shows 
you know and you don't have to like go out and set out to make a feminist movie or like you can trust that your process as an artist like whatever you care about will shine through um and yeah it's just go watch it yeah i can see uh, you you know you still feel the impact still and when you talk about it yeah it's awesome you know it sucks that it's the tragedy of life one of the many tragedies is how somebody puts like their whole life like anna biller right in the film i mean like imagine like she was must have been living and breathing this film like for years like just not sleeping just like just using all the favors all the money anything she could to make this film which is a great film like it's a really awesome interesting film where nothing suffers really like acting is strong like it's unique um it's we're talking about it and then like just some bunch of assholes get together and one of them gives 7.5 like i feel guilty when i do that you know what i mean like but it is the truth like what happens to films right we just at some point we are just consumers where we're like rating this thing against the other and i realize i realize the the unfair side of life when i when i do that well, we're not talking about Police Academy 4 on this episode, is what you're <laughs> saying. We're talking about uh, the Love Witch, and it's... Mm-hmm. Go see it, you you people. Yeah, you people. Yeah. Natasha, thank you for coming on Shut Up, I Love It. Is there anything you'd like to plug besides what I already plugged for you, the tree? Oh, thank on you. On February 24th. Thank you. Um, I guess I I do a Dungeons and Dragons Twitch stream every mm. Tuesday night. Oh, so if cool. you're ever interested in that kind of storytelling, it's very fun. Joe, what's going on with you? I uh, I'm trying something new. I have a Substack newsletter out, um, so you can go to check that out. If you just go to my website, JoeCabello.com, you can sign up, and then I'm doing just weekly or biweekly posts that are actually meaty and good they're articles or essays i should rather say that i write or short stories kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that i would post on my patreon patrons will get them sooner or exclusively substackers will get them i'm really happy with the stuff i've been writing for it and uh, i think you should check it out and some of it's about the female gaze (laughs) so (laughs) there you go um find us on shut up i love it one at shut up i love it one anywhere where you're spending your social media time thank you elizabeth salute for the artwork thank you mr owl for this amazing track and also shout out to you for being one of our black magic guiding stars and thank you for listening